Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So delighted to see you've returned. I'm Chris Baker, your shopkeeper at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, and today we have something very special for you. Now, this may look like a, a book of old. It's bound with a carved wood cover, and you'll notice a, a lock on it. If you open that lock, you'll find it is no book at all. It's more of a, a chest, a keepsake chest, but you'll find stories in this chest horror stories, the American kind. And today on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, we're going to pull out the mutoscope and take a look at American horror stories. Of course, the anthology series American Horror Story uh, made its debut back in... 2011 and was i you know right away became uh quite a fan of it uh you know there's a lot of people out there a lot of naysayers that uh, that don't like it there's people that love it and stand by it i uh i'm one of those people where it's it's not my favorite show uh because there are some things that i just uh don't enjoy about it uh but it's one of those shows i keep going back to because i want to see what they're going to do next because i love the idea of the of the show american horror story I, I love the idea of this anthology series where each season is a different story i love the fact that it was almost like at, at the beginning now you don't have very many of the uh, original actors part of the series anymore uh or if they do come back it's you know for for brief parts but uh, i love that it seemed like this troop of actors and uh, you you saw them uh, performing different plays and uh, i loved that idea and they really got some great actors and uh was really interested to see these different actors portray these different characters in these different stories and each season's different but there are some some slight tie-ins from season to season and uh, some returning characters from season to season uh, the the only gripe i have about uh, american horror story is sometimes it feels more about uh the drama and the characters making horrible life choices and horrible decisions and who's screwing who, uh, and less about the horror. Uh, I understand you have to care about the characters, but like I said, some, some of these characters just make horrible decisions and it leads to their demise. And, you know, sometimes those decisions they make just make them not likable or, I don't want to say not believable because I, I think a lot of these characters are, are portrayed very well. They're written very well. Uh, just sometimes the story seems more like Peyton Place than uh, than, a, than a horror story. And uh, I, I would like to see, and, and there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, shock horror, uh, some jump scares. It's, it's more of... Uh, making you feel uncomfortable than scaring you. And I'd like to see it dive a little more into uh, what scares people as to what shocks people. Uh, granted, like I said, I've enjoyed every season, uh, some more than others. 
And I'm really excited to see this new season, uh, the double feature season, which, um, you know, normally with a show, if it's a couple seasons in, I will do a season recap or a series recap like I did with uh, Creep Show, where I talked about the two seasons. But this is, you know, we're into season number 10 and uh, I am not going to do that, but I am going to do a uh, season recap. Once we get to the end of Double Feature, uh, so so looking forward to that. Looking forward to checking that out and uh, and talking about it because, like I said, each season you know is so different from the others. Like I said, some better than others, but I've I've really enjoyed, it, regardless of uh, of how it maybe not my cup of tea as far as you know the scares. Uh, like I said, I'd, I'd rather be scared more than shocked, but it's still it's still a fun series and. So suffice it to say, I was so excited when I found out that they were, you know, doubling down on the anthologies and doing American Horror Stories, uh, a season of individual stories. Each episode is a different story, more or less. We'll get into that here shortly. But uh, I was excited to see, uh, you know, all these stories. And for the most part, most of them have nothing to do with with the American Horror Story uh, main show. Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll get into the exception to that rule here in a little bit, but I was really excited about the idea of having standalone stories and uh, seeing you know, what, what the American Horror Story folks, uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, um, and their, their team could, could put out there. Uh, in standalone form and you know i i gotta tell you right off the bat i was uh, more than impressed with this series uh this first season and suffice it to say um they are going to have a second series uh august uh, of this year they they announced they have renewed it for season two so i'm really excited to see more but uh, we're going to go down and, and talk about these different uh episodes and some of the great actors they had. So a lot of new actors uh, to the American Horror Story franchise, if you will. And uh, some some familiar faces, which I was quite pleased to see. Now, the first two episodes, it's a part one and a part two. And <laughs> I was, uh, I can't, I can't deny I was a little bummed when I saw that the first two episodes, they're going back to the first season of American Horror Story with the murder house. And not my, it, it really was the season that hooked me into American Horror Story, but not my favorite season uh, because it just got a little too Peyton Placey, uh, you know, who's cheating on who, who's banging who, some dude in a, a rubber suit sort of thing. Uh, you know, it was, it was a fun ride. It was a wild ride because we, we really hadn't seen anything like that before. And, you know, I enjoyed it, but I didn't want to go back there. I didn't really care to go back there. But we are going back there for the first two episodes of this uh, American Horror Stories anthology. And I, I got to say, the actors were superb. Uh, Sierra McCormick played Scarlett Winslow. Um Matt Bomer, uh, who's no stranger to the show, has been on a, a couple of the earlier seasons. And I'm a huge Matt Bomer fan. I, I like him in American Horror Story. Uh, I like him in Doom Patrol. He's just a, a good actor. And I, I'd like to see him in more uh, of the genre, the horror genre stuff. But uh, he plays Michael and uh, Gavin Creel plays Troy, uh, Scarlet's fathers. And they move into the infamous murder house. 
and they're going to start a bed and breakfast based on this, uh, you know, kind of playing off the, the fandom of murder house and, you know, horror lovers. And it's, it's kind of a, it, it was a lot of the same stuff. It was a lot of the same stuff we got in the murder house season of American horror story. Uh, Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's daughter, uh, plays Maya, uh, Scarlet's crush. They play a trick on her. She exacts revenge. They get trapped in the house. Uh, the the rubber suit, gimp suit shows up again. Uh, only this time, uh, Scarlet's wearing it. Uh, you do see the the guy, the you know the ghost, whatever uh, the rubber suit guy. Uh, but that's why this is called a rubber woman, part one and part two. But uh, you know, it, it was just pretty much. Uh, a lot of the same stuff that we saw in the first season. And then it continues uh, in the future <clears throat> where the fathers, uh, they both get killed by uh, a new girlfriend of Scarlet uh, Ruby, who is a ghost in resident at the murder house, played by Kaya Gerber, who is actually Cindy Crawford's daughter. And wow, does she look and sound exactly like her mother. Uh, gorgeous young actress, uh, a good young actress. I, I was really impressed and I'm excited to see that she's uh, a part of the double feature season. So I'm really excited to see more from her because I, I thought she had a real, she was one of the standout performers in the, in the first uh, couple episodes or the second episode of American Horror Stories. Uh, so I was really, um, really impressed by what she did. I mean, all the actors did a great job. Like I said, she just uh, was kind of the standout somebody, uh, you know, the dark horse that I really wasn't expecting to, to have such a good performance. And of course, it, yeah, like I said, I, you know, you'll have to watch it. I'm not going to go beat by beat and talk about these two episodes. Cause like I said, uh, it was a lot of the same stuff from murder house season of American horror story. And I, I hate I hate the fact that I didn't. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. Uh, it's just that it didn't stand out to me. Like I said, I've seen this before, and uh, I feel bad because you know uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk uh, wrote the first episode. Brad Falchuk wrote the second episode, and these are the guys. This is their baby. This is their show, and I feel bad that I didn't like their episodes as much as the other ones but uh that's not to say there are bad episodes it just i wanted to see something new i wanted to see something different i wanted to see episodes that didn't call back to or play off the the seasons of american horror story and that's what we get when we get into the next few episodes and i i was so uh blown away by episode three through six and uh, just throwing that out there, uh, episode three is called Drive-In. It's written by Manny Cotto, uh, who, who wrote uh, all the episodes, or at least had a hand in writing all the episodes, except for the, the ones that uh, Murphy and Valchuk wrote. And this was such a, uh, a fun episode and uh, a frightening episode. Uh, you've got Kelly and Chad, who are teenagers. Uh, you know, they're, they he wants to do it. She's a little hesitant. She gets talked into going to a drive-in with them, and she's going to finally put out. Uh, they're screening this banned film, and they do a lot of, like, uh, throwback footage of this um this director who created this film called rabbit rabbit in the eighties. Uh, this is set in relatively present day, but he, he made this film and people 
killed each other. You know, people died in the first screening or something like that. So he's called before Congress. Uh, he's he's being grilled by Tipper Gore and anybody back in the 80s, especially us metalheads back in the 80s. Remember Dee Snyder uh, sitting before uh, Congress and, and talking to her husband, Al Gore. Uh, Tipper was... Uh, uh, the PMRC uh, looking for to censor everything, and and she's grilling this this director, and he, there's a lot of footage that they call back to uh, showing this director. But anyway, there's this uh, found uh, copy of this film, and they're going to show it uh, one time only, limited to 60 cars at this drive-in, uh, and these kids go to this uh, drive-in, and while while Kelly and Chad are in the back seat, uh, you know, getting ready to do the nasty. Everybody else is watching the movie. Well, most everybody else is watching the movie, and uh, they get turned into these rabid, kind of a cross between a zombie and a ghoul or something. They start tearing each other apart. This one dude's giving this other guy a BJ and bites off his uh, his winky do and <laughs> spits it onto the seat. It was so disgusting. It was all mangled up, so it didn't look like it. So they could get away with the sensors and all that, but but it was uh, disgusting and funny all at the same time. Uh, I, I don't mind when they add a little humor to the gross out stuff. Uh, when it comes to the scares, I want scares to be scary. But uh, but that was a <laughs> that one made me chuckle and cringe all at the same time. Uh, a great feat by uh, Manny Cotto and Eduardo Sanchez, who directed this episode. But they end up, uh, Chad and Kelly, they get up into the projector booth, and the whole place is run by Adrian Barbeau, uh, who makes, uh, you know, she's she's been in so many horror classics. Uh, Swamp Thing, The Fog. Uh, she's done some uh, stuff recently with Creep Show, uh, the series on Shudder. And uh, she turns into a, uh, whatever whatever these being creatures are, are called, uh, and uh, they end up having to kill her. And they decide they've got the the case that the films came in. They're gonna hunt down where they came from, and it takes them out to this desert, uh, Breaking Bad style. It's kind of <laughs> a uh, trailer out in the middle of nowhere in the desert and uh they essentially find out that he's been doing uh all sorts of research into the old cia mk ultra uh mind control and he wants to do yeah i thought it was going to be something along the lines of he's he's getting everyone uh through subliminal messages or whatever to to kill each other as some sort of sacrifice to some gods of old a very lovecraftian sort of thing now it's you know occam's razor the simplest answer is always the right answer mostly and as a director he just wants to create a new film experience where you're not just watching a horror movie you are in a horror movie and then you know Kelly and Chad don't really give a shit. They don't buy it, and they are they dispense of them uh, very quickly. But as he's about to die in the burning, um, in the burning trailer, uh, he he says, "You know, this isn't over. Uh, you'll see, you'll see." And I'm like, "Okay, what's what's going on? There's other copies of this or something." And you get back to um, Chad's parents' place. They're on the bed, stripping down, getting ready to do the nasty, and the camera pans over to his computer screen, which has Netflix up, and what pops up but Rabbit Rabbit. And then the 
Then the camera slowly pans to the window and you hear the screams and the explosions and everyone's going crazy and killing each other. And I, I thought that was such a, you know, the, the creature design for the, you know, people when they turned uh, rabid uh, was, was great. Uh, the special effects, uh, the gore and stuff like that was really good. It had that really cool kind of, um, twilight zoney twist at the end of it with, you know, the film actually getting out there via, you know, the internet and, and streaming services, which a lot of people were probably watching the show on like I was, but, uh, it was really cool. I I enjoyed this one so much. It was it was so refreshing because, like I said, the first two episodes going back to Murder House. I just you know I, I've seen that before, and to have something wholly new uh, in this episode three was was a breath of fresh air, and I made me excited for the episodes to come, and made made me excited to see what American Horror Stories. Uh, brings to the table in future seasons and so and 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 a funny side uh they did cut cut to some uh, footage from that uh, uh that senate hearing with the director and the actress playing tipper gore and the act the actor playing the director uh well the the character of the director uh jumps over the the desk or whatever uh, the podium and strangles tipper gore uh, a lot of metal guys Probably wanted to do that back in the 80s as well. But anyway, great episode. Uh, four on the list uh, of episodes, not ranking them. That's just the the fourth episode called Naughty List. And again, written by Manny Cotto, uh, directed by Max Winkler. Uh, this was a, a really, really good episode as well. It kind of played off this group of guys. They had this YouTube channel called bro house and they're all for the most part douchey uh kind of bro type guys and and they're just doing more and more ridiculous outlandish things and acting like real assholes and the fourth guy uh kevin McHale, doesn't seem as bro-y but he's the guy that's filming he's like the nerdy friend that's you know running the camera and he's actually uh if you're if you're a fan of the office like i am he is the kid from the uh, launch party episode where he delivers the, the pizza and won't give Michael his his discount and they essentially kidnap him and hold him hostage <laughs> while things are sorted out. Uh, Kevin McHale, uh, he played the delivery kid. And I was like, who, where, have I, where have I seen him before? And that's, that's where I saw him. But uh, but anyway, they they're trying to you know uh, get more get more viewers. What they're trying to reach five million subscribers, and so they're trying to do more and more outlandish things. Well, they sit by this uh, underpass or, or whatever, waiting for somebody to jump, and somebody does jump and kill themselves, and they film it, and they're laughing, and and like they think they're just gonna you know everyone's gonna go crazy just because they they it was something they did so everyone's gonna love it and people hate them for it and they just keep doing douchier things uh and everyone hates them they go to this mall uh to try and boost their image and uh, the three the three main douchebags uh end up kind of screwing up uh uh department store Santa's gig, uh, act like a bunch of a-holes around them. Um, department store Santa is, or shopping mall Santa, I should say, is Danny Trejo. And you know when Danny Trejo 
shows up in a movie, shit's going to get real and it's going to get real violent. I don't know many movies that Danny Trejo's in that, uh, that he doesn't take care of business. And so I always love to see uh, Danny Trejo uh, in, in, in anything. Uh, but I know things are, things are, you know, business is picking up when Danny Trejo walks onto the, onto the frame. But uh, he kind of, uh, has a confrontation with the guys. They go back to their place. It, it turns out that Danny Trejo isn't the shopping mall Santa. Uh, he killed the shopping mall Santa, was posing as him, and he is outside their place. And he exacts uh, some some street justice on these guys. Uh, they definitely made his naughty list. And uh, some of the kills were really, really, really gruesome and uh, really good. And the the last scene was uh, was quite uh, quite startling. <laughs> it it really made me um, make made me glad it's not the uh, the holiday season quite yet. Uh, we'll just say that I I couldn't look at my Christmas tree the same. But uh, uh, a really good episode, uh, very very much in the line of like a Tales from the Crypt episode. It just kind of had that feel of uh, douchey people uh, messing with the wrong person, getting their comeuppance in the most horrifying way. And uh, this wasn't my favorite episode, but I loved it all the same. It was still one of the really good ones. Now, the the next episode, episode five, was uh, Ball, again, written by uh, Manny Cotto and uh, Ali Adler. Uh, co-wrote this and this was another one where somebody came back uh, from seasons past of American Horror Story Billy Lord Carrie Fisher's daughter uh, plays Liv Whitley and she and her husband are trying to conceive and it's not working they're going to a fertility clinic and this girl that works there gives her a, a totem uh, it's supposed to be Sumerian or something like that and it's supposed to, to get her pregnant and she ends up putting it under her bed like she's supposed to gets pregnant uh, the rest of the the episode for the most part deals a lot with her postpartum depression which uh, you know that's that's a a real thing a serious thing for for moms uh, so for it to be you know kind of addressed uh, I think was a was an interesting thing for um, for them to do in the, in the context of a horror, because you know that postpartum depression, uh, so many women uh, suffer from it uh, after having a baby, and it's a frightening time for them. And I think it only makes sense that uh, that would be a great basis for 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 a horror uh, show or episode or, or movie, if you will. And so she starts seeing these visions and the monitor uh, baby monitor of this demon and it goes on and she starts to go crazy and winds up getting put in a mental facility and uh, after trying to perform this uh, ritual to call this demon forth and she accidentally stabs her husband and then you find out after she's in this mental facility that her husband has been, uh, she's rich, by the way. I probably should have prefaced it with that. I'm horrible at telling, <laughs> recounting stories. There's always one crucial detail that I leave out, but she's rich and her husband is a, you know, a doucher and him and his friends who are all actors and work in the business 
doing different things, special effects, you know, audio, whatnot. Uh, they're, they were essentially gaslighting her. And so he can get, you know, control over her estate and they won't have to ever work again, living off of her money. And then all of a sudden, the real demon and, and and it it's it's set up to where they were they were gaslighting her they were using special effects tricks uh speakers in the wall uh messing with uh, video things like that to make her think there was this demon well the demon really shows up and kills everybody but the the husband and it finds out you find out that uh you know this book of spells she got uh, for the other summoning spell, it uh, was actually real. It was a it was a plant by by one of the, her husband's friends, and uh, and there was a another spell she took with her. And, and this one, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, it was it was a little confusing because uh, she took this other spell to to summon a demon and make it do her bidding sort of thing. And that's what happened. And this demon exacted revenge for her. Uh, but it never really explained how she knew that her husband was, was gaslighting her and, and had this whole, you know, charade. Uh, it, it never really explained how she knew that, how she knew to to take this this other spell uh, because she was going to need some uh, some demon justice uh, extracted for her, exacted for her, and so uh, the ending was uh, a little confusing as to that. But all in all, it was a uh, it was good. It was spooky. You know the the atmosphere that was set. Uh, by the direction and the the design of the 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 apartment and special effects, visual effects were just really good. It was creepy. Uh, she gets home and this demon uh, wants you know he's he's done his part. Done as he was, he was asked. He asked her to uh, release him from her from the spell, <laughs> and she uh, she says. Uh, she will, but first he has to give her another baby. So, uh, it was kind of a, kind of a tales from a crypty type end, uh, where, yeah, not one human baby is not enough. Gotta have a demon baby. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. A woman wants what a woman wants and what she wants, you know, guys, you gotta give it. So, but it was, like I said, uh, a, a little confusing. The, you know, uh, maybe all the dots weren't connected. The T's weren't all crossed. The I's weren't all dotted. But uh, but still a, a fun uh, episode all the same. And uh, I, I really enjoy it. Billy Lord is a, is a good actress. And I, I enjoyed seeing her in the uh, American Horror Story because we got to see her in some of the the uh, sequel Star Wars stuff. But she really didn't, you know, get a chance to to show her acting chops and that's why i was really excited to see her become a part of american horror story and do some seasons there uh, because you really got to see uh she is a good actress and uh, i i really enjoyed her coming back for this one now episode number six probably uh between that and driving those are my two favorite episodes i'd have to say feral probably edges out 
uh, just because of the relative uh, simplicity of the story. Uh, this man and woman go camping. He wants to to get you know in touch with nature, rest, relax, recharge the battery. She just wants to go to a, a hotel somewhere and and stay. Uh, they've got a, a small uh, toddler, and they're out camping. Uh, the man and the toddler go off, and the boy disappears, and they can't find him. And ten years later, uh, a man comes knocking on the father Jay's door, and it, it was a little confusing because I don't, uh, I don't think it was quite clear unless I missed like a layover that said ten years later. But it was kind of hard to for me to tell unless I missed that. Uh, if I didn't miss it and they just didn't do it, it was kind of hard to tell it was that much later. But a man comes knocking on Jay's door, find out he's a, you know, he gives tour guides in the, uh, or guided tours in the woods where they were at. And he has found evidence that uh, his son is still out there. So the three of them, uh, Jay, uh, his wife, Addie and this uh, this guide Bob, they all go into the woods. They come across the park ranger who's you know uh, played off as oh he's a little nut so, but uh, the guy doesn't want them going anywhere. Um, doesn't think they should go into the woods. Well, they go into the woods, and it's brought up that there's this uh, pot uh, farm in these woods, and that this drug cartel uh, you know may have their kid and. They get there and everybody is dead. And then all of a sudden they're attacked by these, these cre they look like creatures and Bob, Bobby, whatever his name is, uh, gets killed. Uh, the husband Jay gets shot, but him and Addie make it back to the ranger station and they make the ranger tell them what's going on. If you love a good conspiracy theory, I, I, I like this. Um, apparently there are these, uh, for lack of a better term, feral people. Nobody knows where they came from. Maybe they've always been here. Uh, they're all jacked up because of inbreeding and who knows, mutations or whatever. But the United States park services uh all these parks aren't set up for people to go visit they're parked uh, part and parcel uh set up to contain these feral creatures and you know x number of people go missing in the u.s park systems every year and the uh, national guard that they called in uh to help look for their kid wasn't actually looking for him they were out you know hunting these creatures and kind of thinning the herd a little bit and then all of a sudden these creatures show up well the park ranger doesn't make it uh jay and addy they start running for the hills and they come across uh as they're being chased this like skull throne and it was odd because it's out like in the middle of this clearing and there's this young teenager sitting on the the throne and uh and they know it's their kid because it's been you know uh that long he's you know probably in his uh early teens maybe 12 13 year old something like that uh 
they know it's their kid and they start talking to him and he he says something that you know is is something he would have said when they were when he was a a young toddler and and one of these people and, and just when you think oh you know he's going to recognize them and they're going to be okay uh one of these creatures walks up to him on the throne and asks who they are and you see the subtitles they're speaking some you know indiscernible language uh but the uh the creature asks who they are and the kid in this language says dinner and they all just maul them and uh maul the uh the two parents and it was so creepy and so much uh uh you know this is that classic horror uh that that i love you know the atmosphere was set the isolation in the woods was set uh, you get glimpses of things moving in the foreground or the background that that weren't moving before and you realize that's not what i thought it was uh just very creepy the creature designs they were they were really good they were human but uh twisted by time or like i said inbreeding or mutations and they just had this bizarre um other or otherworldly look to them while still being discernible as as people you know what what happened what where these things come from it just it, it was so fantastic and like i said uh creepy and atmospheric and uh quite scary uh there there's you know a few things that scared me more as a kid growing up than getting lost in the woods or being out in the woods and something chasing me and just you know nothing around for for uh you know for a mile or what have you and that's that really called back on some of my fears as a kid uh playing in the woods by myself and uh, or you know with a with a friend of mine and and uh this really kind of called upon those fears those primal fears and did it in such a way that was just uh, it really played off your base um base fears you know and i i just love the idea of you know these these things out there you know bigfoot was kind of mentioned in the the opening credits and and i think maybe you even talked about it but uh you know how bigfoot's kind of lumped in to to this group uh you know a lot of people think they're seeing bigfoot they're seeing one of these these things and it's just you know the idea that there are these things out there things in the the darker corners of the world that uh we may never see or we may see but we only may catch glimpse of we remember may never really know what's there uh that's that's frightening to me uh you know the depths of the ocean you know there are so many places where we haven't been to in the, the deep places of the world and what sort of things uh creep and crawl in those those places uh would probably be so frightening if he came face to face with it and uh those are the kind of fears that this episode plays off and uh gotta tip my hat to to manny Cotto because he not only wrote this episode but he directed it as well probably yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb i love driving but feral hands down my favorite episode of this uh this first season of american horror stories uh, just fantastic it was everything i hoped for in in what this series brought to the table uh, as stand a standalone 
uh, stories in an anthology series. This is this foot the bill and in ticked all the boxes in so many ways. And I just probably one of my favorite episodes. I would love to see, you know, I, I hope uh, season two, uh, Manny Cotto uh, writes more and I hope he directs more in, in season two, because I would love to see more stuff like this. Uh, just a fantastic, fantastic episode. And then of course, so we move from the penultimate episode to the season finale which was called game over uh again written by ryan murphy and brad falchuk and and yeah we're back at murder house uh these guys really love that first season apparently but they did kind of a different take and there was a hot second where i thought oh I, i really might dig this episode because it starts off with uh, this couple going to Murder House, and it's a B&B, Airbnb, and they're staying there to do this Escape the Murder House experience. And they do not escape because the Murder House uh, ghosts all show up. Uh, even, you know, American Horror Stories, uh, you know, the clown and stuff from other seasons all show up. And you find out. It's some sort of virtual reality game that this kid is playing. Uh, his mother is is having this game made. Apparently, she makes enough money she can hire programmers. Uh, although, the way they talk in the episode, she doesn't have that much money. Anyway, I don't know very many mothers that would hire programmers to make a uh, video game to make their kid love them or respect them, but... That's the premise of this story, and uh, the kid's not buying it. He's a big fan of American Horror Story, so you know he's he's just wants her to to give up, and she won't give up because she's obsessive, and uh, so she decides she's going to go stay at the murder house and and learn from the ghosts, or I I don't know. But it's it gets really com- complicated and convoluted from there on because she goes to the murder house uh, in this in this world. All the seasons of American Horror Story are uh, fiction. It's a it's a TV show, and the kid is a huge fan of the TV show. But yet, Murder House all of a sudden becomes real, and she goes and she interacts with the ghosts that are not they're part of this TV show and, uh, and, and and then there again, she ends up getting killed and, uh, she talks the kid into burning the place down to set the spirits free. And he does. And then you find out he was in the video game again. She had fixed the video game and, and all as well. And there's a, it, it kind of calls back to the, the, stuff from the first two episodes with Scarlet and Ruby's relationship. Uh, you get a lot of the, the old characters from, from the, uh, first two episodes, uh, Paris Jackson and her friends that were killed for making fun of Scarlet. Uh, one, one note, uh, Dylan McDermott, um, makes a return as Dr. Ben Harmon in this. So, you know, the, uh, uh, lead male from the from the first uh, Murder House uh, series in American Horror Stories. Back at it, um, 
Uh, Jamie Brewer uh, returns as well. Uh, she's she's always so fun uh, because she you know uh, she just goes for it every scene and is is such a uh, uh, just uh, she always plays um, characters in such a fun way. Like, you know, not over the top, but just, you know, like I said, she's going for it and zero F's given. Uh, she's, you know, uh, always fun to see her show up in American Horror Story. And uh, she, you know, did not disappoint in this with her return. It was brief, but uh, but but she made a return and, and as a part of the video game and not yeah, like I said, it gets very complicated as to what was the video game, what was real life. Uh, you know, the video game is fixed at the end because, you know, he burned down the the house in the video game and all the spirits got released except for Ruby who shows up with Scarlet at the very end and the condos that were built over top of the house. And it just, like I said, it was, it was a lot of stuff I just didn't care about from the first two. Their relationship got thrust on us in the second episode and... Maybe if I had a whole season of that relationship building, I would have cared about it, but I didn't. I got, you know, uh, an hour-long episode in episode two uh, to have their relationship introduced and to have it impressed upon me that they just love each other. Uh, you know, it, it just didn't work. And like I said, it was it was a lot of the stuff that I didn't care about. Uh, you know, I want scares. I don't need Peyton Place. Um it, it was an interesting idea for an episode because I like the idea that uh, if they would have played off the, just made it a straight up episode about this kid burning down the murder house and setting these spirits free. And then we're finally done with murder house. I would have enjoyed that a lot more than this. Is it a video game? Isn't it a video game sort of way they went about it? Because there was nothing to make you believe that it was a video game. There's no red herring that said, oh, this could be not what it seems. You're just plucked out of where the story has taken you. And and you got this kid sitting in the living room with a video game screen on his television. And that's how, you, you know, you weren't. It, it was all a dream. <laughs> and I just, uh, to me, that just, it just didn't do anything for me. And like I said, I hate to say that because I really like uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk and what they've done with the American Horror Story uh, franchise. Uh, even though, like I said, some things work for me, some things don't, but I keep coming back. So something's working for me. And, uh, and just these three episodes, episode one and two, and the, the last one, Game Over, episode seven, uh, just, uh, like I said, it was it was stuff I had already seen before, for the most part. Episode seven was a little different, but not, not in a way that was satisfying for me. Like I said, if it would have been done as a straight-up episode, and we do away with the murder house, so we don't have to come back to it in season two of American Horror Stories, I would have enjoyed that much more. But uh, like I said, uh, all in all, this was a fantastic season. Uh, fantastic inaugural season for American Horror Stories. I was so glad to see that they did pick it up uh, 
for a second season because I really think there's a lot of untapped potential here. Uh, you've got a lot of great writers uh, for, for all the, the episodes faults that, uh, you know, the Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk episodes in this season. Um, they were still good episodes. Uh, I may be a little harsh on them, but they were still watchable episodes. They kept me engaged enough that I didn't like, well, screw this. I'm done. I'm not finishing this. Uh, I, I watched them all and, and I was engaged enough to, to finish each episode and continue on. Uh, just, they weren't my favorite episode. That's all. Uh, Manny Cotto, I hope they bring him back for season two because he was a rock star on this on this series and uh in this season and really loved everything that he did everything he touched uh there may be some some aspects uh some plot points that were a little bit of a stretch uh like in you know bail uh but for my money everything he did was just fantastic and the best stuff of this season and the scariest stuff of this season. And that's what this is called horror stories. And he, he brought the horror in, in every, everything that he touched on this, uh, on this season. So really excited to see, um, what they do with season two, where they're going to go. Are they going to, you know, they had a couple, I, I really hope they don't do what I, because, you know, in this, you had three episodes that tied back to the first season. I, I really hope they do try and keep this a standalone episodes that don't call back to other seasons. Or if they do, not in such a, you know, they they went to Murder House. They were staying in it. It was set there. You know, do maybe little callbacks, maybe references to some of the other seasons or the things that happened in those seasons. But just don't do episodes based off of those seasons that just you know to me defeated the purpose of doing a whole season of standalone stories i wanted those standalone stories i want those stories to stand on their own and not uh, you know lean on seasons past of american horror story because you know i've seen that uh i want to see what's coming up with american horror story i don't want to rehash the old seasons and there's enough of that in American Horror Story. You know, they do rehash some of the some some different plot points uh, from season to season. A uh, lot of callbacks to to other seasons, and that's fine for that. But I want this to stand on its own. I want these episodes to stand there on their own, and they can because, like I said, the best episodes had nothing to do with any of the American Horror Story seasons. And uh, those episodes are what made this first season so fantastic. So I encourage everyone, uh, check it out if you haven't. If you have, uh, you know, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't agree with me, but uh, but that's okay. Uh, we can agree to disagree. And uh, if you liked it, uh, we can at least agree on that. So want to thank everyone for tuning in uh be listening we've got another episode coming up on monday where we're going to talk about the the new release well it's not out yet i believe it's going to be out uh, this is uh going to be airing on friday the 10th i believe it's coming out today so i'm gonna i'm gonna go watch it uh malignant 
We're going to be talking about that. And on Thursday, I believe we're going to be talking about a new anthology uh, movie out, Bad Apple, or Bad Candy, I should say, Bad Candy. Uh, so really excited to talk about both of those movies coming up on Monday and Thursday here at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Please go there, like the Facebook page, follow us. Uh, you can always keep up to date. You know, the schedule has kind of bounced around a bit because um, <laughs> things things happen. You know, they've changed the Venom release date. Um They've changed. You know, other things have bounced around. We've kind of had to adjust the schedule of what's coming up, but you can see what's coming up on uh, uh, future episodes of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I'm always scouring the internet for the latest news and, and trailers of, of things that uh, are horror, sci fi, and fantasy, and uh, throwing out memes. Uh, of course, uh, if there's a holiday I can relate in any way to horror, sci-fi, or fantasy, I'm going to put a meme up, and we're going to celebrate it in the only horrific way that I know how. But uh, please check out our Facebook fan page uh, for Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Like it. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. If you know you know anybody that loves this type of stuff, movies, TV show, books, music, we've got... Uh, uh, Iron Maiden has a new album coming out, and if anybody has blurred the line between you know rock and, and horror and and you know the supernatural, it is Iron Maiden. So we're gonna do an album review of their latest album, and uh, a lot of cool stuff planned for October coming up. Is you know October is going to be all about the scares, all about Halloween, uh, the movie, and the holiday, and we're gonna do some uh, some spooky stuff hopefully. Uh, coming up in October. Well, so lots, lots on the table here at Odds Bodkins. And uh, you can keep track of all of that on our Facebook page. And like I said, share the podcast with those that you know and love, or or maybe even people you don't really love. Uh, maybe you're just uh, moderately fond of them. But uh, if they like horror, fantasy, sci-fi, all that good stuff, uh, share it with them. And uh, please give us a, uh, a five-star review. Or four, or three. I hope it's not a two or one, but if that's how you feel, uh, you know, more power to you. And I, I appreciate you at least taking the time to uh, to leave a review, uh, no matter how many stars it is. So, until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!